Blake Hempstead's been a pivotal member of our production here at Skyline Sports. He was our first photographer, other than my brother, Brooks Nuanez, and he helped get us uh, off the ground, and he's been a great partner and a great friend for more than a decade. His endeavor, CopperheadCountry.org, covers all things Anaconda High School sports, and it's an awesome resource for Southwestern Montana sports. If you need any gear, logoed gear for your business or personal or both, Anno Designs is your spot. They're efficient and affordable, located there in Anaconda. Whether you're a sports fan or you run a business, you got to have something to wear. Why not get it branded? Why not represent your favorite sports teams, your favorite high school, your favorite college, your favorite pro team? Why not represent your business when you're out and about your respective communities? Anode Designs can help you out. Anode Designs, our great friend Blake Hempstead, contributor at Skyline Sports. He's the man in charge there at Anode, and they can get you hooked up with everything from Anaconda Copperhead gear to any and every sort of branded gear for your business. Find out more, visit anodesigns.com. You can also find them on Facebook. Anode Designs is located at 421 East Park Avenue in Anaconda. You can find them on Facebook or you can give them a call 406-563-0121. Where we get all our gear from Skyline Sports, Anode Designs in Anaconda. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this broadcast on Skyline Sports, also 102.9 ESPN Missoula Coulter. Uh, Nuanez taking the back seat today. Blake Hempstead joined by Braxton Hill, the one and only Anacondas Braxton Hill. Braxton, we did this once before. Uh, I lost all the data, and we get to come over to Missoula to the palatial estate of UM grad Corey Heffernan, pharmacy grad, and do it all over again. So maybe I just did it on purpose just so I could sit next to my anaconda buddy and talk one more time yeah absolutely i'm with you when you got that text i was like no problem let's meet up again let's do it so obviously coulter with skyline sports coulter and brooks killing it and uh they're just going to do some more stuff they continue to do the lead up on skylinesportsmt.com leading to montana going to take on south dakota state down in frisco texas for the national championship here in a couple days so this has just been fantastic fantastic stuff so one of the things that we wanted to do braxton is kind of lead up to what brought you to this point you grew up in a small town obviously everybody knows you're from anaconda and quite honestly it's one of the biggest roars when they see your name up on the big screen there at uh, washington grizzly but we want to delve or dive into your childhood a little bit how you had such great adult mentorship we know your dad was big into coaching coached you and everything you did but you looked for a lot of other male and female guidance uh, growing up gary burnell i know that uh, mm. the story with andrew houghton that he did on skyline sports so bring us up to what you did growing up in anaconda and how it's so special yeah for sure you know first off just absolutely uh blessed to be able to grow up in a, a community like anaconda um, i have nothing for love for anaconda and you know like you said just growing up ever since i could remember it was it was a sports oriented town um, whether it was Jace Barkley, Eric Boyd, or Joey Reno, Anthony Reno, those guys, you know, I lived right across the street from Jace, so I would go over and play with those guys, and even though they were bigger than me, um, I, I wanted a piece of them, and um, it was just so much fun, and then like you said, there were so many uh, great role models, you know, I had my sister, I had Allie Hurley, um, I, I mean, I, the list could go on, and just growing up, I can just remember sports, 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 and just chasing the older um, generations. And then when I finally got to 
high school, I mean, I thought I was ready to go in terms of uh, it was my time. Tori gave you a blueprint. She did. Yeah. Quite honestly, she did. Yeah, no, for sure. She she gave me one I, I couldn't quite live up to. <laughs> Couple state championships. I mean, Tori was, she was a legend in that town for sure. What's crazy about it, I've said this, Coulter, numerous times with uh, Tori. I thought her best sport was volleyball. She was such yeah. a good libero. I mean, because she could set and, and play libero. But Braxton, I still believe Braxton's best sport growing up was baseball, something that he gave up mm. after his Little League year to really focus on basketball and football. And you were a great baseball player. I mean, you were hitting dingers. Run. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can remember you playing t-ball. Yeah. And just rounding the bases. Nobody, you were the only one that knew what was going on. Yeah. Just hundred miles an hour on the bases. But yeah. do you think you qualified as a Hershey track meet champion? Yeah. Uh, you qualified to go back to Hershey, Pennsylvania. You didn't end up doing that. But how do you think that helped you grow into what you're doing now? I mean, just growing up, I just wanted to get my hands on any ball I could. Multiple you know? sports. Yeah, multiple sports. So um, I'll give credit to Ron Estes. He he came up to the Little League field. I remember it was my first year of Little League. And he spent about two hours with me, and he taught me how to pitch. And from there, just knowing the little things, you know, how to pitch and pushing um, off the mound, you know, hip strength and all that, I – I really succeeded at baseball and, you know, it was a bummer. I, I couldn't um, continue to play it, um, like you said, but, you know, I just really wanted to put my time and focus into basketball and football and, you know, from summer camps to AU, um, it's, it's tough to be successful at um, many sports. So I wish I was able to do track and baseball because those were things I love to do. But in the long, long end, I think it, it helped my overall success. For what sure. do you think of high school baseball being a thing in Montana now? Oh, I love it. I think about this all the time. It's great. Because so many of us growing up in Montana, if you want to be a football player, yeah. you couldn't play Legion baseball because you had to cut it off. Right? Yeah. Like August is when you got to start going to camps, whether it's team camps or fall camp you got to sure. be lifting all summer so yeah, yeah you, you had to stop playing baseball I, I think about it all the time I wish there would have been high school baseball when we were growing up no I'm with you dude 100% I mean the Legion guys we had they were constantly coming late to football they were right. having to leave early it, and just, the it just didn't coaches work coaches would hold it against them too yeah. like why aren't you giving it to the football yeah, you team gotta you gotta had to one. make a choice oh, one yeah. or the other you know yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's weird so growing up in Anaconda though I think about this all the time because people always ask me, do you want to go to a bigger market? Would you ever want to cover the Lakers or the Broncos mm -hmm. or whatever? And I always think about it in, in the perspective of proportion. How many people do you affect compared to the people that you know? For sure. Everybody in Anaconda cares about sports. Yeah. Pretty much, right? Oh, <laughs> like yeah. Pretty much everybody in Anaconda has yeah. followed you and your sister, and, and, but not just you guys, everybody that's come out of Anaconda. Do yeah. you think about that and, like, how you carry the torch for Anaconda? Oh, absolutely. I think it's so much cooler, you know, being uh, being from a small town in a community that cares yeah. like that. Um, 100%. I mean, yeah, it's it's special. You turn the corner as a freshman. It's our last year in Class A. And one of the lasting impressions that I have of you in that is what we talked about before is you going against, uh, your, when you lost out that year in Corvallis, Jesse Sims and Jace Gilder, who yeah. turned out to be two pretty good <laughs> college football players. Of yeah. course, Jesse at University of Montana, Le at Legacy 37, who's mm -hmm. sadly no longer with us, but Jace Gilder, who was a great tight end out at Eastern. Yep. And I can just remember Braxton, who 
you know, he was a pretty big kid as a freshman, but those two young men were giants. Oh, oh yeah. Goodness. They, they were big. <laughs> I remember warming up and we played them earlier in the season and we're like, yeah, those guys, they're going to play Division One football for sure. Those guys were studs. And I mean, they were great basketball players, but you could tell that they were football players. And obviously I got to, to know Jesse um, pretty well, played with him for a couple of years. What a tremendous guy. He was one of the hardest workers I'd ever been around. And um, Jace, you know, going to Eastern and he had a ton of success. And yeah, those guys definitely <laughs> put me in my place as a freshman. And I knew I had some more work cut out for me. I remember watching that team play basketball and knowing that those guys were football players. And I'm like, yeah. Corvallis was just average in football that year. How, how did you have those two? <laughs> you guys should yeah. figure something else out. Corvallis is rolling now, though. They are. It's so, been a while. So, so your first year was Anaconda's last year in Class A. Class A. Yeah. Did you have any perspective on that? Like when Anaconda dropped, I mean, dropped down or mm. moved to Class B? I mean, not really. There's some there's some good teams in Class B for oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, oh, Blake and I talk about this all the time. The, yeah. the the thing that's so definitive about Class B is now you get into the division where there's these cohesive towns. You're not going to have a two high school town, mm-hmm. and you're not going to be so small. You're going to be struggling for numbers, yeah. so you can have groups of kids that move through it together. Mm-hmm. That's what makes great teams for sure. Yeah, I know the the best team I ever played against in high school. Um, I'm, obviously, I was only Class A for one year, but Fairfield, Montana, yes. they won state my my sophomore year. I think it was 2016, and they just like you said, they had a group of guys that grew up together, and they were built in the weight room. And Les Meyer had those guys coached yep. up, and they were just big farm boys, and they. They pushed us around. I mean, they was Ryder on that team. Ryder was, was on that team. Yeah. I was just gonna say, uh, oh, who, yeah. who intercepted you, Braxton? Yeah, it was Ryder. <laughs> I hear about it all the time. <laughs> that game was twenty-one nothing with two minutes out of the first quarter. Of Fairfield just blew the doors off Anaconda, and yeah. it was a very, very talented team. And Anaconda, of course, was a little out of there. I was but. trying to describe this. Uh, I was on the. Or I, I had the Grizz fan pod guys on the Big Sky Breakdown a little while ago. And they were uh, talking about some of the, like, the up-and-coming stories on this Grizz team. And they were like, what about Ryder Meyer, this little 5'9 kid from Class B? And I'm like, man, if you watch Ryder Meyer in high school, this is not a surprise. This kid has for been sure. balling for the whole time, right? No, he's a baller. And yeah. the fact that his dad is a high school coach, that helps you a lot, too. Yeah, no, smart player. He knows, he knows what he's doing out there. And then, yeah, he's just, he's just a stud. Your junior and senior year is what stands out to me most because you had the battles with Loyola. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, your your junior year, we'll get into that a little bit with uh, here in a second with the, with the state tournament run. But David Copang, of course, oh, yeah. uh, just a high riser, just a complete athlete. They had a couple, you know, just a really good team, really team-based, uh, really good defense. And they put it on you guys uh, a couple times. You guys got some wins. Mm-hmm. They got some wins, but those battles were fun, and I'm sure you have pretty good talks with David about that now. Oh, yeah. No, they were fun. David's David's one of my guys, one of my best friends. I've lived with them for five years. Um, been grinding with them, and yeah, we, all, we always talk about it. He talks about how they... They beat us in overtime in Missoula, and then I talk about how we came in from the challenge game and just put it to him. Yeah, I don't think it was like 70 to 33, but no, Copang, he was a great athlete. He wasn't the, the best offensive player, but 
he was in my face all game, and I'm glad that there wasn't a David on every team for sure. Old Works Golf Course is one of the most challenging tracks you will find anywhere in Montana, and that's why they host so many of the premier golf tournaments around the Treasure State. The 18-hole course measures at more than 7,700 yards, making it one of the longest courses in the Big Sky State. The Jack Nicholas design comes from one of the best players of all time and one of the world's leading course designs. Jack Nicholas has designed over 310 courses, including this gym located in Anaconda, Montana. Although right now, golf season is coming to a close, the Old Works Golf Course PGA Improvement Center, featuring PGA professional Andrew Alamey, is now open all winter. Andrew can help you with expert swing and mental coaching, plus custom club fitting, and they have multiple state-of-the-art track band simulators. If you're ready to get into golf or take your game to the next level, call Old Works 406-563-5989. And be sure to check out Jack's Grill while you're there. Jack's Grill is also open year-round. Old Works Golf Course, a gem of the Treasure State, located in Anaconda. Montana. That was the game I called with you, right? Because I I live literally like one foot away from the Loyola gym. Monday night in Ronan? Uh, No, no, not the challenge game. Oh, gotcha. The the one uh, in overtime. Yeah, yeah. Blake was like, hey, I'm just up the street. You want to come up here? I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'll come up there and call the game with you. That was when Coping and Joey McElroy, they had a couple tight kit. That was a a sweet game. Yeah, for sure. That was actually the senior year when Braxton was, and we'll get into this a little more in detail, but Mm -hmm. when Barry Sachs came in and watched you for the very first time, come off the plane, come in and watched you. That's right, yeah. But your uh, your junior year, of course, you guys win the divisional and go into state. Um, go through the first first round. You guys played Whitehall, beat Whitehall, and that was mm-hmm. a dip, there again. There was some good good players on yeah. that team. From Whitehall, Whitehall had some studs. Yeah. Um, you win the semifinal with some fouled out players. You guys beat. Uh, uh, Shelby. Shelby, that's yep. right. Yeah, because Rhett was on the team. Rhett was a sophomore or freshman? I think Rhett was a freshman, but his brother TJ, who played at Haver, right. he was my mm-hmm. class. And, yeah. and their dad's, dad's the head the coach, coach, right? Yeah, yeah. was the yep. head coach. Yep. So you get through that in overtime um, with, some, with, I think, Trent fouled out, mm-hmm. and you get into your your senior or your junior year championship game against Malta. And of course, mm-hmm. with three minutes and 27 seconds left, you're up by seven points. And, oh, yeah. and it's, it's one of those lasting images in your mind. I know mm-hmm. I can still remember it and we'll talk a little bit of a, a kind of a, 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 a snapback that yeah. I had during the North Dakota oh, yeah. state game. But in front of that crowd, you want to talk about Anaconda oh, yeah. traveling. I mean, yeah. Anaconda not really filling up the Metro, but it, yeah, it was close. It, it was an electric thing, and it, we talked about it. You, you kind of oh, yeah. think back about that game a lot, and some maybe not regrets you have, but some things you wish that went differently. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, it was a heck of a run getting there, um, but obviously, I would have would have liked to see a different outcome. But you know, like you said, we had we had it one, and we were up seven. And I mean, it's sports; things don't go your way all the time, and. Yeah, it was, it was a big bummer, but I can remember the Metra just full of Anaconda fans, and I mean it was a it was a big place, biggest place I've ever played in up till uh, to that that uh, state tournament run, and um, yeah, it's, it's a game I think about sometimes, but I mean at the end of the day, it's probably motivated me enough to help me get where I am today. And I was going to tell you that that's what really started you to get hungry because senior year's coming up okay we're going to start mm-hmm. making football camps we're going to start going into this do i want to play basketball do i want to play football obviously you and i both know 
from our conversations yeah. that football was what you wanted to do. You get in first game of the year, you guys absolutely demolish salmon. Yep. First play of the game against Big Fork, your mm-hmm. senior year, you tear your shoulder. Yeah. No. And it, then that sets you on this this path that you're on coming off an injury. Yeah, for sure. You know, I I thought I had a, a great summer leading up to my senior year. Um, I thought the team was into it. I thought we had a lot of depth and we were going to have a good year. Like you said, we beat Salmon and then in Big Fork, I just, they were a really good team, but I remember I tore my shoulder up and then um, the backup quarterback and, you know, it's from a small town. Sometimes your backup's a sophomore and then sophomore gets hurt. You got to play a, a freshman at linebacker. So, you know, it definitely hurt our team. And then um, just the rest of the year didn't go how we wanted, but I was able to come back in and we were able to get a couple couple good wins. I think we beat Florence and Thompson Falls or we think we lost Florence, beat Thompson Falls. Um, but yeah, you know, I, it was a bummer. I just wanted to, to fight for those guys. You know, they're the guys I grew up with, um, playing little basketball and little, little kid football from the time I can remember, you know, third grade. So it was just a bummer. Um, I didn't want to let those guys down. So being able to come back and contribute was nice, but like you said, it definitely wasn't, wasn't the year I wanted. Coulter, this is the character that I'm talking about with Braxton. So he comes back and he plays against Loyola. They have no shot at the playoffs, mind you, no shot at the playoffs. They lose to Loyola. They lose to Florence and then they go up to Thompson Falls. So here this guy is with an eighth degree separation of his shoulder. He's got the record on the horizon in basketball. Mm -hmm. And what does he do? He comes out and plays football, plays quarterback, not a position that he's going to play in college. He knows he's going to play defense in college or or potentially potentially a tight end. (laughs) So, I mean, he's, he's going to do that. That's the character of this guy to come out and show, hey, no, my guys are out there. I'm going to go out and play. And he plays football with a separated shoulder like that. It's just... It's remarkable to I me. I want to know that. The pain the, threshold. I want to know just the, the logistics of that, that whole story. Why did you keep going? When you knew you had a lot on the line in terms of being recruited, why did you keep going? I mean, I just had too much with that program. I mean, from Coach Gallagher, who, you know, worked his butt off for the team. Coach Arena, who worked his butt off for the team. Coach Matto, Coach Sanders, Coach Deeks, and then just the guys that I grinded with. And, you know, when I couldn't play, watching them just – you know, and just seeing how much I could help him if I was able to play. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, it's just a game I love to play. So, you know, I didn't have an offer to the Grizz at that time. I didn't have an offer um, to Tech. I didn't have an offer anywhere. So, I mean, I also had to get some film out there, and I wanted to prove to coaches and show people that I was tough. And then, you know, for the most part, just the love for those guys that I grew up with, for sure. Wouldn't let them play defense. Would not let them play defense. Gallagher literally had to put a chain around him and yeah. would not let him go out and play Coach defense. Coach Alk would have let me play defense. <laughs> no, that same thing came up. He this was is like me. my brother. They wouldn't let him play offense because they knew he was going to hurt himself, but they yeah. let him return kicks at least. Uh, what do you think that perspective came from, though? Just, just like wanting to do it for something bigger than yourself. Knowing that these guys... You mentioned all your coaches that have put it on this time. How did you sort of have that perspective when you were younger? I would say, you know, just just not knowing my future and knowing mm. the past mm-hmm. and all the hard work put in that past, all the relationships, um, that could have been it, you yeah. know. So yeah. why, why yeah. sit back and wait for something that I didn't know could happen, you know, like I didn't know I was going to come here at that time. So, you know, I'd say just that. This is the perfect time to get into this. And in our last conversation, Braxton, I mentioned this. I don't want to disparage 
the former coach at University of Montana, mm-hmm. but but Bob Stitt wanted nothing to do with you. And you also added Coach Choate wanted nothing to do with you. They did not mm-hmm. extend any offers to you coming out of your junior year camps. And your only, only offer was a slight tentative offer for Montana Tech. Could you imagine a Braxton Hill at Montana Tech in the Frontier Conference? <laughs> it, it, I mean, Janet Carroll told me this same story, too. He said, hey, Montana Tech was throwing the book at me. They said, we're going to yeah. run a wildcat offense oh, yeah. and run it around you. Yeah. He's like, I mean, no offense, but I, I think I could probably play at a different level than this. Yeah. But he was, like, totally contemplating it. But, I mean, that's Montana. That's, like, how in a nutshell, right? For sure. If you believe yeah. in yourself, you can make it happen. Yeah, but, absolutely. And, and that was our conversations. You knew that you were going to run through that tunnel. You wrote me the letter. Mm-hmm. And you used that as fuel. You used that as fuel for those two guys, those two coaches that wanted nothing to do mm-hmm. with Braxton Hill. I'm going to show you. Yeah, for sure. You know, like you said, Coach Stitt, um, I went to camp. And, you know, typically at camp, if they if they like how you run, they like how you look, they like how um, you measure up, they're going to offer you right at camp. So when I didn't get that offer at camp, um, I knew Coach Stitt didn't want me. And then um, when I went to – Montana State games, um, B.J. Robertson would get me tickets. You know, Coach Cho, he would, before games, he'd come dab up Caleb Winterburn and Nolan Askelson, and he didn't even look twice at me. So, you know, I didn't I didn't want to go to Montana State. I knew that deep down. Um, my sister played for the Grizz. I wanted to be a Grizz. But uh, for sure, um, that added to uh, the fire. And then when uh, Coach Stitt, um, when he got let go, University of Montana, and Coach Howe came by, <laughs> When Coach Houck came by, um, I knew I wanted to be Grizz. I mean, I knew Coach Houck's story. Kelly Deeks told me his story. He told me that Coach Houck loved Montana kids. He loved guys who worked hard. He was going to take a chance on you. Um, he liked walk-ons. And uh, just knowing that I had a chance and knowing that I got to go to the school that I wanted to go um, deep down and then knowing that I had a, a lot of things to prove, I mean, that right there just – that was my motivation and fuel coming in. Coach Hawk put a lot on Barry Sachs to come and watch you uh, play basketball. He watched you play basketball, Braxton. This is a kid who's got a separated shoulder, who's averaging 25 points a game, 10 rebounds in basketball. His left shoulder is separated. So Barry Sachs, you and I, the game that we referenced, yeah, you and I are yeah. doing the Loyola yeah. game. He comes off the plane, and I don't know if he literally came off the plane, but he's in Missoula right after he gets hired, put on Hawk staff, watches you play that double overtime game, mm-hmm. and then comes back, and you were absolutely right. It was Whitehall on Tuesday in Anaconda. He comes and watches mm-hmm. you play again, and that's when he offered you to to do the gray shirt and do the walk-on thing with Montana. Yep, for sure. And like I like I told you before, um, I talked to him after the game, and he, he offered me right on the spot. He said, I know your shoulder's messed up. I know you, you got to get it fixed, so we're going to offer you a gray shirt. Um, it's a walk-on spot, but, you know, I know you can play. And um, he said, you can think about it, and you can let me know. And, I mean, I said, there's nothing to think about. I, I'll do it. Like, I mean, I knew I wanted to go there. There was no other school in my head that I wanted to go to. Um, and I think my parents knew that. Um, they didn't really push me to make a decision either way. Um, but they knew deep down that I wanted to go to University of Montana. And, you know, Coach Sachs, what an awesome guy. I still talk to him today. Um, he taught me so much. And Where is yeah, he at right now, Reno? Yeah, he's living in Reno. Yeah, yeah. yeah. watching our games, going living crazy. His, living his <laughs> best life. Yeah, wow. mountain biking. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. But just absolutely um, couldn't be more grateful for Coach Sachs, you know, taking a chance on me and um you know also credit to to alan green so coach Sachs played with alan green at the university of montana 
And uh, Coach Sachs's mentality was, oh, they got, they got an Anaconda kid. He's got to be tough. He, Coach Green was tough. So for sure, that was a, a fun little connection we had there. But absolutely, it was it was a great thing. And I'm just, like I said, super grateful for Coach Sachs. I right, think about this as you guys now are on, on the brink of going to this national championship game. When Bobby Howe came back and assembled his staff, Coach Sachs comes, in the span of about three months, they made sure to – you know, I mean, Coach Alk will tell you, Janet Carroll will tell you too. Mm-hmm. Right when they first got the job, they drove over to Missoula Big Sky and said, hey, yep. how do we get you on the team? You know, we'll give you a little bit of money, whatever, but we, we yeah. got to get you on the team. We got to get a Missoula guy. Mm-hmm. Boom. Flink is next. Yep. You're in that mix. Garrett Graves is in that mix. Oh, yeah. It, it just, it's such a testament to guys that wanted to do this their whole lives, right? Like, for this sure. is the biggest deal for them. Like, oh, there's, yeah. the, there's this whole convoluted thing in college football. Guys going all over the place, transfer portal, oh, yeah. how big can I go? This is like your guys' dream come true. Yeah, where's your heart at, for sure. Levi. Yeah. So me, Flink, Levi, all three of us, um, Coach didn't, didn't want us, and Flink was committed to Tech. I only had an offer from Tech. Levi had a walk-on to the Cats, and he had uh, an op- or he had a walk-on to the Cats, and he had a scholarship from Tech. And then Coach Hout came in and got all three of us, and now all three of us are starting linebackers right. University of Montana at – um, a team that or with a team that were going to the national championship and all three of us um, absolutely love the Grizz. Grizz Grizz or die. We couldn't we couldn't want this more. And you know, just like you said, what the guys who want it, I mean there's something to be said about it. Man. Yeah. I wrote that in the column I wrote about Coach Alk after the Cat Grizz game because he stood at the center of the field and he he sort of just admired the horizon. And I'd never seen him do that before. He's either going one way or the other. He's doing one thing or the other. He's shaking one person's hand or the other. And he just kind of soaked it all in. And I asked him about it. And he was like, I was just thinking about this. But that, I, I wrote that in that column, though. Bob Stitt wanted guys because of their star ratings and their 40 times. And Bobby Halk wants guys because of their heart, soul, and their desire to be Montana Grizzlies. And yeah. I think that one outweighs the other the proof's kind of in the pudding right now absolutely you know just like you said um obviously you got to have guys who are good athletes but for sure um once you get to college and you get guys from small towns who haven't had high level training and you got guys who just put their head down and work and then you got a couple years stacked on that with watching studs in front of them and when when it's our turn you know we're ready for it and we we pass up a lot of guys who um don't necessarily think like that and they just think they're coming in high and mighty because they right. got three stars or whatever so well that's the thing you don't develop full i mean you mm-hmm. your development as a 17 and 18 year old is nothing compared to your development as how old are you 23 24 24 yeah, yeah like your development now like you you made the funny comment when we when you and janet caro in the studio you're like when I was getting ready to come to the Grizz, I had no idea oh, what yeah. I was doing. Absolutely. I'm running laps and like yeah. training like a 400-meter yeah, runner, you know? for sure. No, and then when you come <laughs> here, you're yeah. – I remember when I first got here, I was so blown away just by the strength conditioning program. Right. I was getting stronger by the week. It was crazy. Um, and then you kind of hit your, your base level and go from there. But, you know, just guys from small towns and guys who just put their head down, you know, you can just really climb in the weight room for sure. We're going to pump the brakes because everybody knows Braxton Hill, the football player. Yeah. Let's take a break, relax, reload, and come back and talk about Braxton Hill, the all-time leading scorer in Anaconda High history, and the second best athlete in his own team. We'll talk to him <laughs> after this. Coulter Nuanez, Blake Kemp said Braxton. Most of the time when we take breaks from the Big Sky Breakdown podcast or Nuanez Now podcast, it's to tell you about so very many 
of our fine sponsors. But today I want to take a break to tell you about a good friend who definitely needs some help. If you've been driving through Missoula or Bozeman and you've seen a billboard that has an odd request, can you find a kidney donor? Well, that message is from my good friends, Will and Jen Anderson. I've gotten to know Will through a variety of different business endeavors, and he has helped me and us here at Skyline Sports grow a tremendous amount. His intellect, creativity, his ability to listen, and his kindness have been tremendous to help us both professionally, but also just as a personal friend. And I always enjoy my time spent with Will. If you've ever spent any time with him, you know he's a very engaging guy that always listens to what you have to say, and he always has something insightful to say back to you. He and Jen, they really need your help. Will needs a new kidney, so hopefully we can help them. To find out more information how you can help, you can visit kidneydonor.care. That's kidneydonor.care. Become a donor and save a life. Montana's a great place that's based on community, so let's help these folks out. We're rooting for you, Will. KidneyDonor.care. Become a donor and save a life. Introducing SmartBiz, the ultimate Wi-Fi solution for Missoula's small businesses from Blackfoot Communications. With out-of-the-box dedicated networks, top-tier security, and network failover, you'll stay seamlessly connected. Just $20 a month, no contracts. Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com slash better Wi-Fi and connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Our friends at Blackfoot Communications are proud to announce the launch of SmartBiz, an all-encompassing business Wi-Fi solution that redefines connectivity for small businesses. Small Biz goes beyond traditional wireless offerings, revolutionizing how business owners manage their operations, enhance security, and engage customers effortlessly. Smart Biz provides seamless connectivity, eliminating dead zones with robust wired and wireless internet coverage that ensures uninterrupted operations. It also provides enhanced security, helps engage customers, helps enhance your business continuity, and gives you effortless management by empowering business owners with self-service network management through the user-friendly command works app saving valuable time and resources. SmartBiz, the ultimate all-in-one business Wi-Fi solution. Check out blackfootsmallbusiness.com backslash better Wi-Fi. Welcome back to this production on Skyline Sports. You can all fo- always follow Coulter Brooks and all the Skyline team, skylinesportsmt.com. You, you're I'm, like a co-founder. I'm on the team. We I met did. you on the walking bridge, and here you are. You're still hanging on. That is a life. great story for another time. It really is. Your mom and, and me meeting up my on the walking a, my bridge. My mom is one of the great recruiters in Montana uh, football. That's yeah, true. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, you know, it's all led to this, and it's it's just been a great ride. And, and one of the reasons for that ride is the guy sitting to my left here, Braxton Hill. Coulter, we, we've talked about a little bit of the journey, uh, Braxton getting to where he is now. Now we're going to get back into where, in the infancy, basically, of what you and I were, were trying to build and trying yeah. to get up. You knew what I do with Copyright Country, and I kept on blowing up your phone. Dude, you got to come watch Braxton play. You got to come watch him play. And, of course, your senior year was so magical. Your junior year, you break a 1,000 points, and then your senior year, you're knocking off uh, the top of the top mm-hmm. in Anaconda history. Allie Hurley, Ed Califat, Robin Scott Hurley, your sister Tori, Wayne Estes, Jim Cordial, Corey Hewitt, who mm-hmm. you were just fishing with uh, just a couple days ago oh, yeah. with, with, with the family. So. Yep. Knocking off all those names, and, and of course, guys from Missoula, they hear those names, and they hear the reverence. They know what mm-hmm. that means in the sporting history. 
tell them what it feels like to to just go by and then we'll talk about uh, you shooting and, and missing your <laughs> shot with Allie after uh, after you passed her in Anaconda. Yeah, for sure. You know, it was it was super cool. Now that I've had time to reflect on it all, it's it's absolutely awesome. And like I told you before, one of the coolest parts about it was how um, awesome the guys and the girls that I passed were to me. You know, they just like Allie and Ed and all those guys, they were so happy for me and they reached out and they just congratulated me and they know that all the hard work it took to get to that point. And, uh, you know, I'll do the same same thing to whoever breaks mine. But that was one of the coolest parts, just getting reached out to by uh, people and, you know, just growing up, knowing those names and then you finally get close to them and, it's an amazing feeling for sure. I remember reaching out to, to, sorry for interrupting you, Coulter, but I remember reaching out to Ed. Um, Ed was getting, he he has, he has since died, but he was getting older. He wasn't really into the technological thing. I would send him CDs of Braxton's game and sent him the CD of when Braxton broke it. He couldn't have been happier. He used to come Mm -hmm. back and, and come back to Anaconda's, um, after he would snowboard in Florida and then come back to, to Minnesota and, and spend the summers, but he'd always try to drive back. He would never fly. So he would never fly. We tried to get him back for Braxton senior year. He would never fly and he didn't want to drive that long, but he was so excited. I t- reached out to him when Allie broke his, broke his record, the all-time record. And then again, when Braxton did it and you're right, uh, coming from a, a guy who played in the NBA, played for the Minnesota Golden mm-hmm. Gophers, uh, played for the Lakers, Minneapolis Lakers. You know, Anaconda having two potential NBA players, it, it really is remarkable. And, you know, Wayne would have played in the league if if not for being electrocuted. So it, it's it's a big deal. No, it is for sure. And, you know, everyone everyone knows the name Wayne Estes, you know, from the tournament and from Utah State and from Anaconda and all of his family members that have been great athletes. And not as many people know about Ed Calfat, but um, they should because, like you said, you know, he played for the Lakers and he was he was an absolute stud for sure. That's what I want to know is, you guys would agree, Anaconda is a huge sports town. But Anaconda, I, I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, is first and foremost a basketball town. Oh, yeah. I was, I was just in the snake pit on Christmas Day. And uh, I, was, I was looking at the, the wall, and it was, I think 1951 was the last time we yeah. won a state championship in football, which is a long time. And, like, the snake pit is one of the iconic basketball environments in yeah. all the state of Montana. I mean, I've told you this story. We were over – in Moscow for these guys against Idaho for the Grizz versus Idaho. We ran into Zach Parks. I was oh, telling yeah. the story about when Zach Parks <laughs> dunked on my head at the snake pit. Oh, no. Rachi Essis <laughs> hit a buzzer beater, and we thought we were going to have to fight our way out of Anaconda. But, yep. like, I mean, of my completely unmemorable <laughs> high school basketball career, the snake pit was the number one venue I remember playing it because that, that is yeah. like a sweet venue where everybody's going crazy. So when did you pivot your mindset, though? You said you always knew you wanted to play football. Yeah, so... Even though it's a basketball town, how did you, like, sort of decide that? I mean, I just played so much basketball growing up. Um, And your father, obviously. Yeah, so I think I was a little bit burnt out on it, but I knew I had a better future um, for football just in my body. I mean, when I was... You knew that, though. Yeah, I knew that. Because, like, a lot of basketball guys, they hang on until they realize, oh... I could probably do better in football. Yeah, I know, for sure. When I would go play AU in Vegas and Seattle, the guys that we would play who were getting recruited by Gonzaga and stuff, they didn't look like me. They were, 100, <laughs> they were 180 pounds. They, they didn't get uh, three charges a game. They weren't uh, throwing elbows. I mean, I was just like a bulky basketball player. And then, you know, our last game against Thompson Falls my senior year, um, 
when I took those pads off, I knew no way in heck that this is going to be my last time ever playing football. I mean, I absolutely just, there was no way. And right there, I was like, if, if the sen- my senior year, if that didn't come around, like I would have been sad, but I could have moved on. Football, no way. I mean, just the brotherhood alone is, it's incredible. Holidays might be in the rear view, but that does not mean that you don't need some Alpine touch in your life. Whether it's the all-purpose seasoning, the pepper blend, the cold smoke rub. If you like to grill, and grilling during the winter is awesome. Might even be better than the summer. Summer's great to be outside. You don't get the house all hot from the stove. But in the winter, warm you up a little bit. Make sure you're feeling all brisk. Make sure you got your Alpine touch all lined up. The Grand Slam package is perfect. It gets you four different flavors. They can deliver it right to your doorstep. Visit Alpine Touch. Alpine Touch, Montana Special Spice. Alpine Touch is legendary around the state of Montana for providing delicious seasonings for every grilling occasion. Now, Alpine Touch offers so much more, from a savory new barbecue sauce to spicy pepper blends to tasty barbecue rubs. In addition to the classic, Alpine Touch has a variety of seasoning salts for whatever you need to spice up. Now that the holidays are over, Alpine Touch makes a perfect thank you gift to show your friends and relatives you love them. Alpine Touch, available at retail locations around Montana or online at alpinetouch.com. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. And that's part of it too, right? We're sitting here watching the USC Louisville game, right? Yeah. I mean, Blake and, and your family sent us a bunch of pictures of you and your little kid. Like you, you and, and here goes Louisville scoring a touchdown, right? Right as I went to the TV the first second you watched of this. But that's part of it too, right? Is that how much you loved USC when you were growing up, right? Oh yeah, for sure. No, my dad had me in USC gear from the time I can remember and um, he always was buying things on eBay for me. He's old school. He's buying me used dummies, and I was dragging them across the street to Jace Barkley's house and trying it. ripping them up. And he's yelling at me, "You just ruined it!" I'm like, "I just wanted to hit it over here." And just you know, things like that. And <laughs> my dad would just fill me in with all the legends at USC. And then when I got older, I got to watch the legends at Montana, and that was where I wanted to go. After all the accolades you've stacked up this year with Buck Buchanan. FCS first team, Big Sky all first team. You're still the second best athlete <laughs> in your own family. I mean, I know, you crazy. passed Tori. <laughs> Not even close. You, pa- <laughs> you passed Tori uh, along the way. And Tori, mm-hmm. without, we went through this the last time, without her um, snapping her ACL or senior year, eight games in, she was averaging 34 points a game mm-hmm. that year and off, coming off back to back state championships and yep. you come in you're growing up and you watch all of her success at university of montana your senior year pivoting mm-hmm. you lose out in your chance to get that state tournament mm-hmm. uh, win that state championship trophy 1948 is the last time anaconda won one in basketball by the way crazy that had to hurt it it, 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 oh, yeah. it, it really stuck with you no it did it hurt, it hurt big time and you know just I mean, Lodgegrass, they were just on fire. I mean, it wasn't like we played bad. They just, they were on fire and we, we couldn't get it done. And then, you know, when you have, when you're a young kid and you're 17 years old and you have your, your dream shattered in front of you, it's, it's hard to bounce back from that. You know, we ended up losing to Cole Strip the next game, which, I mean, just mentally and looking back, I definitely wasn't in the, the right state um, for sure. Just, you know, having your dream blown up in front of you. But, uh, you know, like you said, you got to move on and, um, it was it was a good run. Your dad was a great athlete too, though, right? 
Yeah, he's the he's the all time leading rusher, leading rusher at Eastern, but Eastern uh, Montana College. Yeah, we were we were joking. We said it's never going to get broken. How does that feel? That's what Tony knew <laughs> was saying. Never going to get broken. It doesn't exist Andrew anymore. Houghton, Andrew Houghton wrote that in, in the profile about you. He said yeah. the, the most unbreakable record that is Eastern Montana. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Hill Hill's rushing record, Eastern Montana. College. Oh yeah. No, we had we had all the boys at my house. This was I think Thanksgiving weekend. We were going hunting and. Oh, we were in my garage and I said, it was me, Flink and Levi. I said, my dad has a leather helmet somewhere. We got, we got to find it. <laughs> and we, we found it, but my dad claims that it wasn't his. It was from the rec department. I call BS, but I mean, he was, he was playing a many, many years ago, but uh, they didn't have quite the equipment we have today. Well, having <laughs> an old school dad and a dad that's a coach though, that probably influenced you too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, my dad, he was, he was hard on me, but, you know, he made me to who I am today. Um, he was probably too hard on me. Um, but, you know, looking how Coach Houck is on us, it was it was no different. Then they just, they, they just wanted it, right? Yeah, I got used to it. And they just they just want you to win. You know, both both of those two, they had they have a lot of similarities. And the fact that they're they're hard on you, they don't give you a lot of credit. But I mean, they just put the team first and they just want you to win. When we come back, we're going to get into this magical year that we've been watching Coulter following Braxton through uh, the great ups at the beginning of the season, uh, the downfall of Northern Arizona and how the team was going to shatter, how they were going to be, uh, the coaching staff was going to be removed, kids were getting kicked off the team, and now here we are after this winning streak and beating North Dakota State in one of the wildest, wildest scenes that we can ever remember. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Thanks so much to our great friends at Town Pump. Town Pump's kept us fueled up all season long. Town Pump, Brawl of the Wild by the Mile, a collaboration between Town Pump, ESPN Montana, as well as Skyline Sports. They helped me and my crew travel all across the United States. We made it down and back to the Grand Canyon, swung through St. George, Utah for a game down there at Utah Tech. We went to and from Moscow, Idaho four different times. We went to and from Bozeman six different times. Our home base in Missoula, they took us all over the place from Portland to Ogden to Moscow, everywhere in between. And now they're sending us to Frisco, Texas. Thank goodness we don't have a drive. We'd run out of town pumps before we were even halfway to Texas, but town pumps kind enough to send us on the road once again. We couldn't do it without town pump. We're all the wild by the mile back for yet another year. Thanks to the Hype House. Hype House has been quite a journey for me. It really stretches my comfort zone. You're probably familiar. It's a high-intensity spin studio. They've also added some strength classes. I think there's some stereotypes there. You know, hey, it's just a bunch of really, really fit young gals that do it, and certainly that's a, a large part of the clientele, but it's a very friendly and welcoming atmosphere. There's not a lot of guys that go, but if you are a guy that's listening and you want to try it out, I would highly suggest it. Super efficient workouts. They're really challenging, but it's not like you're dying. I mean, to put it in perspective, I would much rather go to a spin class than I would go for a run. I'm not much of a jogger, but the spin classes get your sweat on. It's fun, choreographed, 
And the strength class is a great way to supplement it as well. So appreciate the partnership down there uh, at the Hype House. Visit HypeHouseStudio.com to learn more or download the great Hype House app. Welcome back to this broadcast featuring Braxton Hill. Anaconda's Braxton Hill. It'll never be Missoula's Braxton Hill. Colter Nuanas, like Hempstead here. <laughs> SkylineSportsMT.com. Uh, been a lot of fun so far. Um, but now we're going to get into your senior year here in football. We'll get into the Cat Grizz rivalry um, and just this year. But first, I want to give a shout out to Corey and Trish Efren, owners of uh, Lolo Drug, Palmer's Drug here in Missoula, also Twig Salon. We're doing it in their living room right here in the kitchen. It's a beautiful place and a lot of thanks to them. And of course, Coulter, Corey, a really good sponsor and supporter of yours. Hopefully of course. it will be more after this. You open up the checkbook <laughs> we, a little bit. We can do this every Monday if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Corey on Monday Night Football, Nuanas Now style. So, Trish doesn't like you. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe a little too much, but uh, in the last segment we talked about. Hey, hold on, we got to give him this. What do you think of that? Oh wow, not surpri- <laughs> not surprised. I'm not surprised either. No, not surprised. <laughs> that just happened. So Flint Crick's Cade Cutler. Uh, as we as we sit here, recording. take down the Bobcat flag along Highway <laughs> One in his parents' house. That's what I want. That's I exactly see that thing right. every time I drive by. So Cade <laughs> Cutler, who's on back to back Flint Creek uh, state championship teams, is his old man, Mike Cutler, who uh, was the head coach there for a while. Yeah. He's been at Montessa for a little while. Uh, he he did the gray shirt thing like you did. He actually mm-hmm. had a very similar path to you. He did, yeah. Torn shoulder, gray shirted, yep. and uh, then he tore it again. Yep. And he's been kind of fighting uphill, and uh, he entered the transfer portal, and uh, now he's committed to the Grizz. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, this won't be real time when people are listening to this tomorrow. But either way, right? I don't know. I think that's I think I think that's a good fit. No, I think it's a great fit. I think he's going to do well. He's going to come in hungry. Um, I think he's going to do well for under Coach Houck. Um, Jackson Lee and, you know, other friends, they said he's an extremely hard worker. For sure. And they said he's a strong kid. And, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing on special teams next season. Well, we were, sure. we were talking about seniors with some of the folks that are in attendance. And you were talking about, I mean, Garrett Graves is a senior, Nash Vouch is mm-hmm. a senior. So there's a little bit of room there in the safety spot. I mean, for Jackson sure. Lee's back, Ryder Byers back. But yeah. Kate Keller maybe fits in there. That's pretty good. Yeah, good for him. Happy for him. Yeah. Going back to your start of this year, I mean, there was question marks. There were question marks on your team, um, how you're going to rebound from last year. Uh, obviously, you had a really sour taste in your mouth, the way things ended at Montana State. And, of course, you, you get into the playoffs and, and have a little bit of a run there. But you start off the, the season slow, you know, a, mm-hmm. a challenging win against Butler. Um, you go on the road where we were down watching them play Utah Tech. Ramshackled Utah that, Tech. That was, that, was, yeah. <laughs> that was an ugly game there. Ferris State, another yeah. a Division Two Close game, yeah. Very close. So you're learning how to win these close games, and then mm-hmm. the wheels come off the bus. You hit Northern Arizona, and that was just ugly in all aspects of the game. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, you know I, th- I think this team this year is just so much different from last year's team. And I think we've really gotten better throughout the entire season. You know, from the first game to our last game against North Dakota State, we've gotten better. And I think it's just a testament to the guys putting their head, heads down and working and working for one another and, you know, not having so many individuals on the, on their, on the team. Um, I think that has been huge for us, you know. But uh, we, it, took, it took a little while for sure. Like you said, we weren't playing a great ball at the beginning of the year. But... Um, you know, when you got guys who care about the university, care about one another and just grind, um, we got great coaches and I mean, you can see what's happened. How much about, I want to ask this coach, Hark made a comment 
he's actually said this a couple times about playing a whole bunch of guys early. How hard is that in terms of just getting on the same page? But then how much can that help you down the road? What do you, what do you mean by yeah, playing yeah, guys I mean, early? There was just a lot of guys that had, I mean, you look at your defense, right? Oh, gotcha. Guys like, I, I guess it's just about guys acclimating to roles, right? Like, yeah. like Jackson Lee. Uh-huh. It, it, we knew we knew that you know people that have been around Montana know this guy's a great athlete, but he didn't get much playing time because he's behind the you know all time yeah. leading tackler in Big Sky Conference history, and and you know got guys like Ryder Meyer, he's kind of just working his way back in. Trevor yeah. Gradney, all he's really doing is running mm-hmm. down on kicks and punts. Yep. We're talking about, I mean, we're talking no, about multiple sure. first-team all-league players by yeah. the time it's all said and done, but you're kind yeah. of swimming the first five or six weeks of the season, right? No, I, th- I think that definitely plays a, a big part of it, too. You know, those guys, they work so hard to get in those positions, and then they get dirt get there during fall camp they got three weeks they're ready and then like like you said you know they they're kind of swimming out there a little bit and then once they get kind of their feet wet and um they get their roll down and they get comfortable they don't get too high they don't get too low they're level-headed then they they end up playing really well and you know all those guys you named um are tremendous players and They've uh, fell into their roles really well, but I, I will say, Trevor Gradney, he he came in hot. He he wasn't like oh, some buddy. of those other guys. No, no, Trevor yeah. Gradney was balling. No, right he away. was I mean, balling. He yeah. had a pick of four straight games right yeah, out the gates, sure. right? Yeah. But on the defensive line, it was kind of the same deal, right? You, yeah. You, you had Gubner, you had Kel Edwards, but we had yeah, new guy Noose Hayden gets, Harris. Hank Noose gets dinged. Hayden Harris is new to the program. Yeah. Cashmitter's been out all year. Yep. Uh, who else? McGowan, McGowan, McGowan's right? gone, yeah. He, he had to take an early retirement. For sure. So then you got guys like Kellen Dietrich. You got, they, yeah, you know, new guys. Guys yeah. that haven't really played before. Yeah, no, for sure, like you said. And people were talking about the D-line, um, even just jokingly on the team that uh, – Oh gosh, you know what are what are they gonna do? But you know, at the end of the day, it's about going against a guy from across from you, and it's about um, you know doing it for for the guy behind you, the guy next to you. And I think the D line they really took that in, and uh, they knew they had a, ch- a chance to step up, and they they really did for sure. Describe that to people though, like the way you guys operate defensively, because people, have, I think Grizz fans have become educated enough to see what mm-hmm. Governor does. Yeah. Just in terms of setting it one way or the other. Yeah. But like a guy like Cale Edwards, for example, or mm-hmm. a guy like Gary Houston, for example, these guys are mostly just creating chaos. Oh, yeah. Like Houston for sure. has like three tackles this whole year. Yeah. But he's probably contributed to 100. So many plays. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. No, this defense is fast. It's ferocious. It's, uh, you know, a lot of times you just got to go fast and you got to be physical. And you're like you said, you're going to make things happen, even though you're not going to make the play, which is what our D-line does. And a lot of those guys are lighter and they're faster yes. and that gives them the ability to, to chase the ball, to, you know, penetrate and make, make big guys miss on the old line, which it just helps it out. And, um, you know, it's, it's defense that I love and I think it's fun, you know, just like you said, because it's, it's fast and it's just chaotic for sure. I'm going to double down on what Coulter kind of brought on. With playing a multitude, a multitude of, of guys at different positions, trying to feel your way out, it was a soft schedule to begin the season, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. Butler with non-scholarships and, and Ferris State coming in, even though that they're a very talented Division Two team with yeah. a lot of su- success moving in. I got to argue on that just for a minute, though. The Ferris, Ferris State was No, was they're good. No, good what I'm saying, too. I'm just saying by, yeah. by, like that by measure. That Ferris State front seven is as good as the front yeah. seven. I, I mean, seriously, no, they were big. straight up. The yeah. two best front sevens I saw in person this year are Montana and Ferris State. 
Yeah. Straight no. up. That Ferris State D-line was nasty. Yeah. No, they were good. I mean, their DN was from Illinois, right? He and an he's going to probably get drafted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, no and yeah. I'm not disparaging Ferris sure. State, but what I'm yeah. doing is trying to get it into northern Arizona mm-hmm. and yes. that debacle that happened down there. And obviously, you and I have talked, and mm-hmm. we do believe it's the senior leadership. Do you believe a loss like that? hits fast forward with the coaches. I don't want you to speak for coach Hauk or any of your mm-hmm. position coaches, but do you think they say, okay, we gotta, we gotta settle on one thing and we gotta go with it because from that point forward, Clifton McDowell is your starting quarterback. And this is what we're going to go through forward, uh, moving forward. You have a tough win against Idaho state. And then you just start gaining momentum mm-hmm. for sure. You know, I would say defensively, we didn't, we didn't do a whole lot of, um, we didn't cha- make a whole lot of changes. We we just had, they, you know, NAU, they had a trick play against us. Um, they got us in man coverage a few times, and then we just had a bunch of little mental errors from the D-line to the linebackers to the secondary. So, you know, it was just a reality check um, on the defensive side of the ball, and we just, I think we just got a little too high on ourselves. You know, we're 3-0. We're playing a team that's 0-3. Um, we think we're a little too good, and then we go in there, and we don't take care of business, and we come out with an L. But, you know, like I told you before, that loss was so good for us, and I really don't think we'd be going to Texas if we didn't lose that game. I mean, I really don't. I mean, 11-0 and 0 looks good, but every time we got a thing in our house, and it's got all of our – it's got our schedule. It's got wins, and it's got the losses, and Janet Carroll was always like, oh, I hate looking at that loss. But, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, we, we wouldn't have all those wins if it wasn't for that loss. I guarantee it, and it was so good for our team, and it's just a testament to our, our team for putting their noses down and grinding, and it's a testament to our coaches for the adjustments they made made and you know just our whole team believing in one another moving forward some of the ranked teams you beat on the way uc davis obviously they're ranked mm-hmm. you know they were causing problems should have been in the playoffs should have been in the playoffs yeah. and then they're a good team then it's, they didn't have the running back either against us who was the big side offensive player yeah, of the year right. and, and they've had multiple, look at that yeah. and they had a linebacker go to cal a deep tackle go to arizona not that the transfer portal is everything yeah. but i mean they had that team was stacked. I, I seriously think that Dan Hawkins retired because he was like, screw this, man. We got left out of the playoffs two years in a row when we were supposed to be in the playoffs. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Then you go to Idaho, a game that Coulter and I, we were very skeptical on. Yeah. I beat Coulter by eight shots at Circling Raven on the way out there. <laughs> Just it was. Put me out to pasture. Honestly, it was, it was embarrassing, Braxton. It was embarrassing. <laughs> it was embarrassing. We picked yeah, up a third. Yeah, that's what happens when we stand until <laughs> six in the morning at the casino. We, <laughs> we picked up a third and he couldn't believe how bad Coulter played <laughs> by looking at his handicap. But anyway, we get to the Kibbe Dome, which a place that I love. Um, it's indoors. It's loud. It's homecoming week. And you guys go out and punch the number three team in the face. And mm-hmm. they just couldn't recover. For sure. You know, we were coming in that game. We were underdogs. Um, Idaho, they were they were high and mighty. They just beat an FBS team. You know, when you, when you have wins like that, you, you start a uh, – you start taking just you start feeling good and you know when you're a team that just came off a loss and just got back on track a little bit we got a couple wins in a row you know we're hungry and uh like you said we went in there and shocked them it was and it was a fun environment to play in i mean our team was juiced up we were ready to play that game and um it, it was a revenge tour from when they beat us in washington grizzly stadium in 2020. A DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today. 
We see a breakdown, particularly our YouTube channel, presented in part by Dave Maldonado and Maldonado Law. Maldonado Law, your big sky defenders. Dave is an ace in the courtroom, whether it's criminal defense, personal injury, or DUI. He has more trial wins than anybody in the state of Montana. To see how Maldonado Law can help you, visit BigSkyDefender.com. So I got, I got two questions on this. First of all, they uh, sort of arrogantly switched their sidelines. Usually oh, yeah. they're on the sideline. Oh, yeah. You guys were yeah, on. We switched, yeah. And they switched so that their student section could be in there. Yeah. But it was very clear from 45 minutes before kickoff uh-huh. that the coaches had said, hey, you guys – Go ahead. They can talk all they want, and you guys can talk back to them, and Uh it seems like you guys really embrace that. Absolutely. You know, we, we play in Wash <laughs> we, we play in Washington Grizzly Stadium on Saturdays in front of in front of the loudest, the best fans in the country, and we have Coach Hauk as a coach and we're not gonna back down from any of them. They were like making fun of McGinnis and Forrest would be a fat. Oh, they yeah. were like, Oh fine, whatever. Yeah. And then McGinnis pile drives the guy in the beer garden. Yep. <laughs> it's like yeah. they were definitely listening. Okay, so the yeah. other thing I want to ask you about about that dynamic though, is that man, Coach Alk expressed this to me. He said, hey, Idaho's coming, and they're definitely our rival. But there was, like, this narrative going into that game that, like, Montana's, like, this serious underdog. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like, you mentioned, like, we shocked them. Yeah. But, like, Idaho hasn't been any damn good in the big sky since years before you were born. Yeah. So how satisfying was it to go in there and get a win? Oh, it was awesome. You know, they, just like you said, they, they thought they were they had like so a month, high and they mighty. Had like they had a month worth of hype. They right? had a month worth of hype. <laughs> and you could, you could just tell watching the film that they thought they were, they thought oh, they yeah. were it. Oh yeah. And you know, when you're, when you're an underdog coming in that game and you got a little bit of fire from the season before, I mean, you're just mentally locked in and we had a great week of prep. And um, like I said, like you talked about, you know, we embraced the atmosphere and ESPN too. I mean, as a player, that's what you dream of. It's so funny too because you guys literally, by beating them, you also helped them beat the Cats. Oh yeah, because coach because sure. coach sure. talked about that. He's like, oh yeah, we blew this up too much. We had way too much exposure oh, for yeah. this. We got to buckle down, and then they had a mm-hmm. bye week, and then they and then they went and beat the Cats yep. next week, time around. For sure, glad they did it. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of times after big wins like that, team have a letdown. You guys come back next week, you blow the doors off Northern Colorado. It wasn't even a game, 40 to nothing. But after that, Sacramento State, number seven team in the state, or in the state, number seven team in the nation, 34 to seven. Uh, Sacramento State, obviously a very talented team. And, you know, on the echelon, the upper echelon of the Big Sky Conference. And you guys were on that roll. It just, things were clicking really good at that point. No, they were. um, Ever since... Really, that NAU game, we just continued to get better. And, you know, Sac State coming in, they were they were a really good team. They had talent across the board. I mean, Montana State, they had a battle down there. I think they kind of pulled away in the end and beat them by yeah. 20-ish or 14. But, you know, we knew Sac State was a really good team. And quite frankly, um, after the first quarter, we absolutely just beat them down. They couldn't do anything um, against our defense. And we put up 34 on offense. And that was when our team kind of looked around and we're like, yeah, like we're we're gonna get we're gonna beat cats. We got everything in front of us. Like we're 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 a good team, you know. Before you get to that game, you have a little bit of a trap game. You got to travel out to the Barnum boys. You oh, got to yeah. travel out to Portland State. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that game just it it was a it was a non-starter. Uh, you guys again got out to a quick start. Clifton mm. really handled the offense well. You guys shut down their offense, mm. thirty-four to ten, and that leads us into Montana State. So. Yeah. 
obviously the win with Montana State, but you and I talked. <laughs> I want the skinny. No more coach speak. No more nothing. <laughs> you got friends on the Montana State side. Obviously, yeah. you're friends with some of the kids. Yeah. Tell us from the great Braxton Hill what <laughs> the Cat Grizz rivalry means to a guy who didn't get dapped up by Coach Choate, oh, who, yeah. was, who, was, who was passed over. What does that do to fuel you for that game? I mean, quite frankly, it means everything. There's not a game that us Montana guys think about more. I mean, any time in the summer you're lifting weights and you start feeling sorry for yourself, it's week three, you're sore. You think about those guys across the, the mm -hmm. hill, they're doing the same thing. So what's going to set us apart on game day? Why are we going to go in there thinking we're going to beat those guys, you know? And then we know them, quite frankly. You know, I know Tommy Mallott, Rylan Ord, all those guys. And some of the guys in Missoula, they went to high school with those guys. So you don't want to lose to your buddy. You don't want to hear about it from your family and whatnot. So... I mean, you just have so much fire for that game. It's it's absolutely crazy, and you, you don't want to let your team down. And, I mean, it, it's it's so natural, too. You don't really think about it when you're a young gun, but all that energy, all that passion in that game, it's natural. You don't even have to think about it. I mean, I remember we, had a, we have a coach come and talk to us on Thursdays before every game, and it was Coach Tim. And uh, Coach Tim Houck, he came and talked to us, to the whole team, and he didn't even have to say much. And, you know, I look in the front row and half the guys are crying. They're so ready to play that game. It's just, it's crazy how much it means to us. And then it's also crazy. You got guys like Alex Gubner who have been there for six years and they, they live with guys like me and Levi and Flink that are in-state guys and they see how much it means to us. And then it starts meaning a lot to them and they don't want to let their brothers down. And then they, they get lit up and they play like, just like we do with passion. So when you're, you live with a, mostly in-state guys, but you also live yeah. with a couple out-of-state guys. Oh, yeah. Obviously, you've been working with Governor for a while, but Riley yeah. Wilson's a kind of a new addition. Oh, yeah. So, like, when you get a guy like Riley Wilson on the team, yeah. you bring him into the house. Yeah. You're prepping him for this. Oh, yeah. How, what, what do you guys tell him? Like, because you don't want to scare the shit out of him, right? Like, no, for sure. I think <laughs> but I, you also want him to know that, like, this is the biggest deal in the world. Yeah, I think I went into his room Sunday night about 9 o'clock, went in there, and he's playing video games. And I'm like, hey, Riley, can I talk to you for a sec? And I'm like, this week's a little different, man. You got to, you gotta like, get your school done. You got to get on the film room. And then yep. Levi's talking to me the next day. Yeah, I went into Riley's room last night. And those guys <laughs> all did the same thing. So, I mean, he knows from that. But, you no, know, Riley, Riley embraced it. He and worked, then he balled out. He balled out. He worked his butt off, and uh, yeah, I think I think it worked. I mean, he had a couple TFLs. He was throwing Julius Davis around like a little rag doll out he there. Was, he was, yeah, he was balling. So when you see guys, so that, that's interesting that dynamic too, because you guys talked about that with with us, with you and Levi and Alex and everybody living together, and Riley has obviously a parent talent. Like I mean, he's mm -hmm. a very talented guy. Yeah, but he has also seemed to just embrace sort of like the ethos and the. Mm -hmm. The dynamic of the team, too. No, he has. Yeah, for sure. And that's partially because of just, like, the acclimation of not just practice, but, like, being with you guys all the time. No, for sure. I think Riley's clearly, like you said, he's a really talented kid. Um, but living with us has been so good for him. Um, he, he sees the daily grind. He sees the passion. He sees the brotherhood. And uh, he's, he's really embraced it. And, you know, I couldn't be more proud of him. And he's, he's a grizz, man. He uh, – he loves it here. He's only been here for a short amount of time and he's going to grind in the off season and he's going to be that much better next year. And I, I think just, you know, living with all the guys, like you said, it's, it's been good for him. And I think it was a little bit of a shock coming in. Um, 
just seeing like how much Montana football means to us and the, the grind that we do. And I think he's like, whoa. And then, you know, getting on the field as a younger guy and being able to make plays for your brothers and whatnot. It, yeah, it's it's been special. And, yeah, I'm excited to see what Riley does next season and in the game January 7th. Last question on the Cats. Um, Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. This Breakdown is presented in part by Westpac Wealth. Nick Tabor of Westpac Wealth can make your life more tax efficient from investments to retirement to whole life insurance to any and all sort of financial advising. Give Nick and his team a call today at Westpac Wealth. Westpac Wealth, making your life more tax efficient. You mentioned that you know a lot of those guys. Mm-hmm. And, and they've certainly had, a, they've elevated that program a lot mm-hmm. during your career, a little bit before your career. But you're, you're a Montana guy that's yeah. known about sort of that too. Do you feel like that's even accentuated or elevated the rivalry too? I mean, it has, but at the end of the day, like you, you can't really think about like playing those guys. I mean, you think about just it you, them, right. just for just one week. So, you know, for we sure. could have five, six injuries. They could have five, six injuries. Sure. So, I mean, I think it has, um, I think it, it was a first. It elevates the big sky title race, yeah, right? It because el- regardless yeah. if you're thinking about them every week, you're thinking about how do we win the big sky title? And you realize that yeah. both sides are kind of, um, yeah. In the way of each other. No, right? it, it motivates you for sure. Seeing yeah. that those guys across the hill, they're winning. And, uh, you know, we got to win. And then they're like, oh, they just played NAU. Look what they did to NAU. Like, clearly we didn't do that to NAU. But just in any other team like that, you know, you want to put the beat down on them and show that you're better than those guys. But I would say it for sure um, elevates it a little bit. But honestly, dude, like those guys could be – 0 and 9 or 0 and 10 coming in, and I would still want to smash him. <laughs> I wouldn't care. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, when you're talking about that game and you're talking about a season, it's so easy to go back and look back and do what we're doing, doing a little recap and saying, oh, well, the reason why they won this game is because of this, and this is what helped them win. Playing against that offensive line, Montana State's offensive line, it absolutely provided you guys a blueprint and a little bit of confidence, I do believe for your last game that you played North Dakota state, obviously, you know, the same line of talent on both offensive lines, North Dakota state has been widely renowned as, you know, mm-hmm. an offensive line, just a juggernaut similar to what we do here in linebacker. You, mm-hmm. they're kind of offensive line. You, they just keep on truck, uh, trucking out these, these big NFL ready offensive linemen. And you and I mm-hmm. talked about it. That game seven was brutal on you guys. Seven starting offensive linemen in the NFL is what North Dakota state sports right now. That, really? that game was brutal on you guys. No, it was, it was, I mean, you I, talked I, about, I was sore for sure, but you talked about the way you could not see in oh, the backfield. Yeah. You had to really trust your reads yeah, leading into sure. it. And the, their trap game is just so good. You yeah. guys really had to sell out on, on a lot of those plays. No, we did for sure. Montana state, they had a, they had a really good offense line. As you can see, I mean, a handful of them were, all Americans and are moving up. Um, but no, they were a really good offensive line, but, uh, you know, we, we 
thought we just went in that game with confidence. We're a really good defense, so let's go. So we went in there, and um, like you said, I think it prepared us for Delaware and Furman and North Dakota State. And, you know, North Dakota State, they had a, a great offensive line. You know, last year I watched the game, and when we played them there, and there were so many times where I just got my butt handed to me, and I was like, no way, not this year. I'm going to be ready for this. So, you know, knowing that they had all those seniors on the O-line, knowing that there could be this, there, that could be their last game, they're going to play with rival effort. They're going to play with championship effort. So we had to be extremely ready, extremely dialed on our reads, know everything. And, you know, like you said, you can't always see when they're 330 pounds and 6'5". So you, you had to be extra dialed in on everything. And you got to trust, just trust your fit. Sometimes you just, it's not pretty. You got to just stay in there, two gap, and, you know, let, let other guys make play, but you make plays, but you can't really try to do too much because they don't need much space. I mean, they got power if it's, slips it's uh it's kind of gone you know so it definitely prepared us and um North Dakota State they had a fantastic offense line that Montana State game kind of propelled you into three of the most iconic uh, postseason games in Washington Grizzly history of course Delaware for other reasons just because of the snow and the environment and everybody who got behind you Furman with that overtime win and then you get into North Dakota State I, I don't mean to just kind of step over and tiptoe over those first two wins, but mm. North Dakota State was the most epic environment that I've been to a ton of games in that stadium, and I don't remember it being that electric, especially in the overtime session. We talked about it. There's so much time when you're on national TV. There's so much time for media timeouts. There's five minutes here. There's five minutes here. After the game goes into overtime, they come back, and it, there's so much time. You, go, you have the coin flip, and you have yeah. national media coming in. They come in. They score the first touchdown on the first play, uh-huh. and then the stadium just goes dead. What's going through your mind on the defensive end, and how are you? Obviously, you're hoping that the offense can turn around and 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 basically get you guys back on the field. But it's got to be kind of a gut check for you. No, it is. It's one of the worst feelings ever um, that I've ever had. Just knowing that we really had them. We held them to nine points. Um, we we had them, and then in overtime. We let number nine up the gut, and he takes it to the house, and it's it's the worst feeling in the world, knowing that you had a beat and you slipped up, and you know it just it's not looking pretty. So you're over there on defense, and then when uh, the offense was able to score, I mean that was the best feeling ever because I was like, yep, we get to go back out there. It's not happening again. And then it sure happened again. But at least our offense scored, went for two, so that gave us a little less pressure. Um, going in, but you know, they were able to score. And then the, the play that they ran in overtime was a play that I told you before that we, uh, we practiced many, many times. Um, they, they ran it against incarnate word last year in the playoffs. Um, and they scored on it and they were successful on it. So it was something that we have prepped and it was a Daffy Daffy play. We had rules and, you know, in that point you just, you gotta, you gotta trust one another. I remember seeing number nine back there and I'm like, oh, he's probably going to keep it up the gut. Can I cheat over? And I see Levi and Gubb and there's one blocker. I'm like, oh, they're good. And then he, he handed to that guy. I couldn't believe it. I thought he was going to run it. And then he was like, he's going to pass it. And then Corbin's right on him. So, you know, we were prepared for that moment. And uh, after that, it, the, it was surreal. You know, everyone running on the field and the goalpost going down. It was, it was a moment I, I was in awe. I couldn't even describe the ensuing chaos. What is that like? 
after the game. Do you, I mean, who do you go find a, a significant other, a girlfriend we don't know about? <laughs> do you try to find your parents? To what do you do? Do you find, do you find your be, dudes or what? what, what do to you be do? honest, I was trying to find my dudes like Levi Flink, Riley and Coach Coop, Coach Houck, you know, just all the guys. And I wasn't, I couldn't find any of them. I was like, did they go to the locker room? And then I finally saw someone. I was like, oh, they didn't go to the locker room. And then after that, I was just surrounded by anaconda people that were just you know just so happy you know daryl deeks he was crying on my shoulder a guy that played at university of montana 40 years ago you know just seeing what it meant to him and uh you know the whole community anaconda they just really really supported me and they were all over and then i was able to find riley and i was able to find a couple other teammates coach keaton and you know we're just celebrating and we're just loving every moment of moment of it and then finally we're trying to get back in the locker room and i'm trying to run through the field there's everyone wants us to stay and then you know locker room celebrations with coach Hauk, they're they're iconic you you don't see him light up very often but you know after a win in the locker room that's his favorite thing in the world <laughs> it seems like he's lit up a little bit more this year too he is yeah he's uh I mean, we've we've won a lot, so I would say that's why. <laughs> Riley Corker, voice of the Grizz, has been uh, telling him since the beginning of the year, "Hey, coach, yeah, have some fun. You're almost sixty. Yeah, enjoy this for a little bit, you know." And I think I think he's actually taking it to heart. It seems like he's having a little bit more fun. No, he has. Um, I mean, as a young guy, you're scared of him. You don't want to. You don't well, want to really. He wants everybody to be scared. Yeah, of him. He, he wants old guys to be scared of him too. Oh yeah, so you don't you don't talk to him much, but uh, no, he's he's been awesome this year. He supports us. He loves us, and uh, he makes us work hard. But he also, like you said, he has a little bit of fun with it, and. Uh, you know, after games, especially for sure. What'd you think of Junior Bergen in that game? And Junior Bergen the last couple of weeks of the playoffs. Oh yeah, June's the man. Uh, <laughs> I, I call him June Bug. Yeah, he's a he's a great player, great dude. Um, I love competing with that guy. Um, you know, he brings it at practice. He brings it in the weight room, and uh, he's a baller for sure. And I couldn't be happy for happier for him and the whole offense. I mean, they just balled out. You know, that Junior is going to be remembered forever and. That that two point play that was nuts. I was like, oh, he's got it, he's got it. And then he throws it, it's tipped. I'm like, oh, my mind's going all over the place. But yeah, you know, players they they make things happen. I mean, at the end of the day, and he's a player, and he he made a lot happen. And um, you know, three special teams touchdowns, back to back games. I mean, yeah, he's he's an animal. When the when the uh, return team has a short field. Mm-hmm. And you guys have done this probably half a dozen times this year where the the, the opponent mm-hmm. is kind of pinned up by the end zone. Yep. And you're running the sideline return. You're standing on the sidelines. Oh, yeah. What's that like trying to watch Junior get to the sideline? Because if he gets to the sideline, it's house. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> it's all, I mean, I usually am like, oh, yeah, we're, we're returning it. Let's go. And then. I kind of look up and I'm like, oh, is he going to return? Is he going to return? Like, if I see a fair catch, I'm like, oh, North dang, Dakota that's a, that's State angle punted on yeah. the one he returned. And you're like, oh, that's well, that's great coaching. Here you go. Yeah. There's no way he's going to get to the sideline. Yep. He, he goes to the North Dakota State sideline all the way over to the Grizz sideline. The house is it still. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. crazy. Crazy, man. He, he's got a, a knack for it back there for sure. And he's, I mean, yeah, he's just a hell of a player. And, you know, credit to the guys blocking for him, 100%. setting up that wall. But you know, at the end of the day, Junior is the one leading him in there, and uh, yeah, he's he's nasty. When he gets it on that wall, like you said, it's a touchdown, pretty much every time. You saw the same thing against Utah Tech, him just coasting in there, and guys flat backing people, Jackson Lee putting them on their back, and it 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 brings so much momentum to our team. It really does. Well, that Coach Halk always says it so perfectly. When you have a supreme talent like that doing it, 
it turns the other 10 guys on the unit into a supreme talent does, too. Because yeah, sure. they know, hey, if I just do my job, yeah. this is house. It's a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. No. Hey, I mean, yeah, and Junior's done such a good job of calling out, hey, sorry, Rockinelli did it for me last week. Jackson Lee was the week before. You know what I mean? Like he tells, oh, yeah. hey, here's the blocks that sprang me, and people kind of know, like, you yeah. can be a part of the – the hugest play in the game. Oh yeah. If you just make, do your job. Yeah. yeah. Punt, punt returns fun. All the guy, all the guys that have been on that, um, in the past, they loved it. I loved it. And the guys that are on it right now, they embrace it just like you said. And you know, they're not, uh, they're not overlooked. Like you said, coach, how he, uh, he loves that. And he understands without those guys working their tails off that they wouldn't, they wouldn't be in that place. And junior wouldn't be running the, into the end zone. And let's cut the bullshit during the regular season. You don't want junior to score because guess what? We got to go right back out there and play defense. <laughs> but, but during the playoffs, oh, yeah. and against during North the, Dakota State, okay, I guess. okay yeah, cross, cross the line, junior, yeah. you're good. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things you said that, and we'll pause and we'll come back after this segment um, and and wrap things up here. But one of the things you said about junior is, you know, that guy will never be forgotten. Neither will you, dude. Neither will you. Truth. Appreciate it. I mean, coming from a gray shirt, you and Grossman, and uh, and working the way that you've done, and with all the accolades here, and with what hopefully you can accomplish after this season's over, even win-loss, I've already told you this, uh, after the Montana State game, you've already reached the pinnacle. you got nothing more to prove, but you got one more. Oh. One more. Oh, yeah. One more. Absolutely, man. I couldn't be couldn't be more excited for this one. And, you know, some things you can't control. You just you just got to enjoy. And this is something that uh, I'm going to enjoy and the team's going to enjoy. And, you know, looking back, uh, it's been fun. And I I just leaned on my brothers. Couldn't do without those guys. Coulter, it's what what sports is about. It's what you and I talk about. It's what we you're going to have here in a couple weeks. You're going to have a bouncing baby boy or girl on your lap and you're going to tell them, hey, guess what? This one year, this kid named Braxton, That's and this right. kid named Bergen, or Junior, sorry, Junior Bergen, and these guys did this in front of 28,000 people, and then this happened, and it's just oh, yeah. the beauty of sports. It's why 100%. sports is the best. Well, it's the moments are part of it, but it's also the coming-of-age ceremony, and it's doing it for Anaconda, Montana. It's doing it like Levi Janicaro's done for the memory of his mom and mm-hmm. like Anfra Bazula Big Sky. Yep. Junior Bergen, where he came from, doing it for Building Senior. Oh, yeah. And all the people from there. And like, it's not the wins and the losses and the statistics and the highlights and all that are, that's part of it. But it's the cultural meaning of it all that's so important. No, and I wish Bob's did the best. I hope I hope he's selling a bunch of carpet. <laughs> but we got our dude right now, and we're going to the national championship. That's right. When we come uh, back, we're going to talk about the national championship and then talk about your sister, Tori, because we didn't get to her because she's kind of the mom of the team and the mom of your house. For sure. We'll talk to you after this, after this break. Our Road to Frisco coverage presented proudly by Greenhouse Pharmacy. Greenhouse Pharmacy has natural cannabis, providing chemical-free products, as well as non-psychoactive CBD and hemp goods as well, is the only green-certified dispensary in the city of Missoula. Greenhouse Pharmacy focused on providing the best cannabis and CBD products you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. They sell sustainable cannabis flower concentrates. They have a whole range of clean and delicious edibles. It's just an all-around sweet shopping experience. You want really fun and friendly people to help guide you you want to know for sure that what you're getting is clean and organic swing by greenhouse pharmacy they're located at 1541 third street in missoula right across from the good food store they're open seven days a week from 9 a.m until 8 p.m greenhouse pharmacy missoula's eco-friendly dispensary 
If life has become overwhelming, crazy, and hectic, then now is the perfect time to try the healing powers of CBD. Greenhouse Pharmacy has a full CBD apothecary with the largest selection of whole plant, full spectrum CBD products in the state of Montana. Choose from high quality brands and products like tinctures, balms, coffees, and tea, edibles, and so much more. Plus, Greenhouse Pharmacy offers exclusive products such as relaxing bath bombs, soaking salts, pain patches, and lotions. Visit Greenhouse Pharmacy on 3rd Street across from the Good Food Store. Welcome back for the final time. The final segment here, SkylineSportsMT.com, also streaming live on 1029 ESPN Missoula. I don't know if we're streaming live. I, I, I don't know. It's coming they, close. Colter Nuan is Blake Hempstead. They don't need to know. They don't need to know. <laughs> Colter Nuan is Blake Hempstead and Braxton Hill, the man. Braxton, before we get into the national championship talk and how you've never played a game on grass your whole college career, that's, that's, that's a mind blower. But I want to touch on your impact with the kids. I see how Anaconda kids light up when they're around you. And you are so great with taking pictures, never ending pictures over and over after every game. You guys haven't had any losses this year at home, so it's been a little better. But even in the losses, when you guys come back out and and meet up with those kids, that's big to you, isn't it? No, it is for sure. And just knowing that, you know, I was that kid at one point and all the kids, all the guys on our team right now, they were those kids at one time. And, uh, you know, from a childhood passion to playing where we are today, you know, we want that for the next guy coming up. So, you know, just doing something small like that can make a big difference. And I think we we all enjoy doing it. And it's it's what makes it so cool. When you were a little kid, who are you looking for? After Grizz games? Yeah. Oh, boy. I mean, Jordan Tripp, Brock Coyle, yeah. Jordan Johnson, Chase Reynolds, Colt Anderson, Shan Schillinger, mostly the Montana guys. Yeah, <laughs> cool. You are a teacher by trade, by degree. Yeah. Um, Corey obviously has some kids over here in Missoula, and that's how you guys uh, have have kept in touch. Some of the conversations that I have with, you know, with my cousin and how good you are with, with his kids and other kids, every community – they benefit from from your interaction and interactions from athletes. Do you take that? How seriously do you take that? Yeah, very seriously. You know, um, just like I talked about earlier, um, I've had so many great mentors, you know, and just being able to give the, the things that I've learned to the next generation. And then, you know, I just like being around people. You know, I like being around um kids, you know, helping them out and then just seeing the smile on their faces when um, they do good things. And then, you know, being in a school for so long, I see the impact that it has on kids um, from our team. You know, when I was in the school um, for the whole semester and you talk about Grizz player, this Grizz player, for some reason, some kids just like certain players, you know, like there's kids in my classes who they couldn't care less about me, but they love Gub because his name's Gub. So <laughs> I, I'm like, Gub, you got to come in, man. He's like, dude, they don't care. I'm like, they really do. Like they, wow. they will go to school for the whole week and work hard if I, if they know you're coming and it, like, it's impacting more than you realize so it's cool to see and it's it was cool to be a part of youth of america educated they like the nose tackle man <laughs> oh yeah usually it's only the receivers <laughs> no they <laughs> like they like the name gub yeah, yeah 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 and they like just that he's a big guy well then he comes <laughs> there and he's like a caricature all in himself right I oh mean, yeah king pig baby yeah that's right <laughs> there he is <laughs> so what's this about all of the the, the 
um, the trips you're taking with the kids. You, I mean, you're not even really working in the in the schools, and you're going on on uh, on trips with the kids. You're going on uh, what's what am I trying to say? Uh, field trips. Field trips. Yeah, field Jesus. trips. You're going on the field trips. You love you love to do the field trips <laughs> with the kids. You you really look into. And one of the stories that Hattie Corey's daughter told me that, or it was Ryan, that you got in trouble with uh, with the lifeguard. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, the field, the field trips are fun. Those kids love it. So, and honestly, I mean, the, the people going on those get to have a little fun too, but yeah, there she's talking about the pool day. I did a, a flip on the, the thing and they were all going crazy. And then the lifeguard was like, you can't do that. And I was like, Oh, that's not very good. Uh, leadership there <laughs> probably shouldn't have did that but no the kids love it and you know field trips are so awesome and I just remember you know when I was when I was there I looked forward to that and um anytime you can just bring joy and have fun I mean I think that's what it's all about what kind of flex it back to big sister Tori who was kind of the mom of the house uh, we talked to her she comes over and makes you guys dinner oh yeah no and she, we go over there our house is too gross oh you she go couldn't deal with it. <laughs> yeah so, she would not cook in our house no chance so that's that's fine but it's one thing that she, <laughs> she knows says, she says I'm not coming over <laughs> oh hell heck no yeah <laughs> does she Gub knows get, does Gub get invited to these dinners Oh yeah, Gub does. The, yeah. the, the line of the, 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 the like the extra cuts that didn't make the Braxton Hill profile was when Braxton says, "Well, we all have to buy our own individual food because if you want to cook Gub dinner, it costs fifty to seventy-five bucks." Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and he's picky. He's picky. No, no cheese. Better. No salsa. No tomatoes. But wait, he wants double wait, this, wait, double that. Wait, wait. He's picky. How's the three hundred pound guy not any cheese? Swear this, this on my a, life. This ask is any. This is amazing. Ask anybody. Eat Gub's gonna be so mad at me for saying this. <laughs> ask anyone. Gub will go to a burrito spot and get three burritos, no cheese <laughs> for breakfast. Three, three burritos, yeah. no cheese. That's what he does. It's a, we, we all look at him. We're like, no cheese, and he just gets so pissed. Yeah, I don't like cheese. Yeah, whatever. All right, whatever you say. Sample doesn't like cheese either. Uh, we should send. Him, we should send him on a, a, a breakfast burrito date or something. But all that uh, love comes from Tori being in that team setting and yeah. coming over, coming into a new town. And having new friends, meeting new friends, and really getting close with the others. And it's it's team building for you guys, isn't it? For sure. Yeah, no, I would say Tori had a, so much success here, but she also, you know, bigger than basketball, she made a bunch of lifelong, lifelong friends. You know, she still hangs out with Carly, Rachel, Allie, you know, Jordy, Justin Tinkle. She's, I mean, Justin Tinkle didn't play here, but before that. But she still, you know, communicates with those guys, friends with those guys. So she, she understands that, these guys that I'm hanging out with now, these are going to be my lifelong friends, you know, plus a few Anaconda boys. But, uh, you know, she understands that. And then she just understands uh, the competitive side of it, you know, doing things like cooking us dinner and giving us uh, liquid IVs is, is actually, you know, really beneficial. So we can, you know, just kind of relax for a little bit and, you know, get a good night's sleep and we're well fed. We don't have to go home and cook. I don't have to wait for Gub to cook all this food and it's nine o'clock and, you know, so, you know, little things like making us dinner and um, supporting us or things that we don't take lightly. And Tori, uh, Tori's been great about those things. She's uh, she's one of our biggest fans for sure. Not only me, but just all my buddies and, and the entire Grizz team. One thing that I talked to Tori about, and this is really remarkable and it kills me that I lost that conversation, but having seen Tori in the tailgates and see her coming down after the games, 
she has no control, zero control yeah. of what's going on out on the field. Oh, yeah. All she can do as an athlete, she has to sit and watch. And it's uh-huh. so excruciating for an athlete to have that happen. So the conversations between you and her are probably pretty special. No, they're really special. She's, uh, she, you know, she's my biggest fan. She's always, uh, always asking, you know, just how I'm doing um, mentally, physically. She's always there for me you know if I if I'm really banged up I'll pay for a massage or you know little things like that that just mean the world to me and she's always she always sends me the bring them out um emoji on a Fridays because that's what we run out to so she, she knows that uh that fires me up and then you know just being there for me and like you said you know going to the tailgate she she went to every single away game like my parents did and her husband Ethan you know and just when when you have support like that um you don't want to let those guys down and you don't want to let yourself down. You don't want to let your team down. And it just, it just adds to the whole thing and it, it really builds it up. But no, Tori's, Tori's been, uh, she's been great. And you know, she's like, she's so competitive, like you said. And, um, there's so many people that I talk to, you know, from athletic trainers to, you know, just coaches on the staff that, you know, would say your sister was a stud here. And, um, keep it up. Try to try to get to her level. I said I'll never do it, but I'm working every day at it. But no, Tori, Tori's awesome for sure. And we talked about it because of her struggles with injuries, with knee injuries and stuff. She has a little perspective on that with you coming off uh, your freshman year. You get dinged up with your uh, what was was it your shoulder that year? Uh, senior year of high school? No, no, freshman year at college. Oh, you get dinged up, missed the last bro- couple games. Broke my wrist and broke my collarbone. Wrist and collarbone, yeah, yeah, right. And then you had some knee issues and stuff. So she has yeah. perspective on that. She does, for sure. She understands that, uh, you know, your your career or your season or your game, it could end at any given time. And, you know, um, we went to the same physical therapist, um, Chad K. He was great to both of us. He's a great PT. And, um, she, like you said, she, she understands that side of it. And she understands that, uh, you can't take games for granted, which people, people really do. But, uh, as you get older, you, uh, you learn that you only got so many. You've had a couple days off. You've relaxed, spent time with friends, uh, met a lot of people in Anaconda who yeah. I'm sure you're tired of giving hugs and, 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 <laughs> Never tired. and, and having people dap you up. And I, I know it's exhausting. I know it is. And I know you're a real good sport about it. And it's, it's excruciating. It's really tough to be that cordial around people because it, it quite honestly, it gets old, but you are a really good sport with it. Leading into the national championship, what's the mindset going in? Uh, of course, the team, you got a little reset. You've been through a couple practices. Uh, you're leaving early next week. And it's game time. It's, I mean, the game's going to be right there. You have to do your media responsibilities, all your little BS and, and you know, parading like around this. and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, like no, this. this is fun. <laughs> like this, but it's, um, it's, it's got to be surreal. It is, man. I'm just, I'm just so excited that I get another chance to play with my guys. You know, I get two more two more weeks just living it living at the house right now with the guys and you know we get to go play a really good South Dakota State team who's won I think 28 in a row um but you know like like the defense's mindset and like mine's my mindset being an underdog there's there's nothing better I mean there's really not I mean going into the weight room every day going to the practice place you know when when those guys think they're going to beat you and um everyone not everyone i mean grizz nation believes in us but a lot of other people around the the country they think uh we're not gonna win and you know you can you guys just hang in there and do that and this and that but you know we're really uh putting our heads down and just going to work and getting ready to go play this thing i have two questions one when you're coming off of one of the 
most epic wins in the history of University of Montana football. I mean, I don't even know how you felt, but like, oh, yeah. I couldn't even, I mean, I'm sure it was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. But I couldn't even write my game story until like the next afternoon. <laughs> and I'm just an objective observer over here because yeah. it was so ridiculous, right? It was. So you're coming off of one of the great wins in the history of the program, period. Mm. But now you have another one to get to, mm-hmm. but it's not right away. Like usually yeah. the normal reset is would be right away. Yeah, yeah. You have Sunday to hey, we For enjoy sure. it. Monday we're in it. No. How do you balance those? How do you stay hungry? You know, I I would say it's been good just because, like you said, that game was so big, and there were so many people who just want to connect with you and you want to connect with those people that being able to go home for a few days for not just me but the entire team um, and just kind of reset recharge catch up with your families people and then we get to come back and then um, you know we get our game plan started up um, I think I think it's good for our team you know I, don't, I really don't think we're going to lose our fire and uh, I think it helps that uh, we're an underdog at least it helps me for sure there's a lot of things that make Montana great from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Big Share Breakdown, proudly presented by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Opportunity Bank is celebrating more than 100 years of serving Montanans. Opportunity Bank is a full-service community bank with locations across Montana, offering customer service ranging from banking, lending, agriculture, and digital banking services. They opened back in August of 1922, and they've been thriving ever since. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. So that was my other question, then, is you hear, okay, 28 in a row. Defending mm. national champions, yep. run the table, a juggernaut. Your two point two touchdown underdogs, yada yada yada. Mm. You guys are aware that on the national level you're an underdog, even though mm. everybody that you guys see every day mm. are probably like, "Let's go, yeah, <laughs> go get them." How do you balance that? And then what do you think? I mean, does that motivating factor being a you know a two touchdown underdog? Yeah, no, for sure. It it all plays into it. Um, at the end of the day, if we're a forty point um, overdog, or you know, um, they they think we're gonna win by forty, and or if they think we're gonna lose by forty, we're gonna we're gonna grind during the week. We're gonna have a good game plan. We're gonna believe in ourselves. But you know, just knowing all that and uh, knowing what we what we've done, um, you know, we're just we're just excited for the opportunity. And like you said, you could you could bounce around. They all oh, they beat this team by two, and they lost that team by 10 this is how it should go but that's just not how games go and I think everyone um, who's into it knows that you know so um, it's going to be a different game than any game we've played this year and it's going to be a fun one but uh, they're they're a really talented team like North Dakota State they got a really good O-line and um, we're going to have our hands full. For anybody that's into the point spread Montana was uh, underdogs on the point spread five times this year five and oh in those games so there's a little juice for you yeah you guys cover and then some you cover and win yeah every time you're an underdog yeah 
And this game is game going to be played on grass. One thing that you and I talked about last time and was remarkable to me, no team in the Big Sky Conference, the last one to really switch over, Northern Colorado, Cal Poly also had grass, but you've never played a college game on grass. That's amazing. I haven't. Crazy. I know. But how many times have you practiced on grass, though? Because Coach Alcock Yeah, I mean, we practice on grass, but, I mean, you've been to the River Bowl. It's it's yeah. not the greatest grass for sure. And um, Dorm Blazer in fall camp. Dorm Blazer's better. It is better. It's better, but um, you still don't go live on grass, and then you get right. to go on turf um, throughout all the games, and, you know, you feel faster on turf. But – you know, I think it'll be just like a putting green, and I think it, it won't really matter. We'll be we'll be juiced up. We'll be focused on our assignment. Um, you know, hopefully there's there's no rain in the forecast, just like the the game a few years ago when um, it was raining down there, and I think it got pretty muddy and stuff. But I mean, if it's muddy, we'll be ready to roll either way. But uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about that I've never played on grass. Yeah, I was yeah. Uh, I was interested because I asked Coach Hawk about this today when we did media. Are you going to practice on the surface? And he said, "Well, we're practicing. We're going on Wednesday. We're going to practice several days while we're down there." Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting deal because last time you and I were down there, turf's a joke. It's 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 not only a it's not only a joke. It is it's different than it's not grass and it's it's turf and grass combined. Right. It's a very weird thing. Mm-hmm. But I know that Coach Hal can. I mean. That's why Jimmy Morimoto has a job, right? Like, oh, yeah. Jimmy Morimoto's the man. He, he, yeah. He's the guy that Coach figures Sammy. out that. <laughs> you For know sure. what I mean? He's yeah, like, 100%. here's Coach. Coach, here's he's the, good at it too, here yeah. is the uh, analytical analysis uh-huh. of all the, of the ways that the grass grows. And oh, yeah. uh, so I, they'll, they'll, they'll have a plan. For yeah, sure. no, we'll go, like you said, we're going to go down there a few days early and we'll get some practices on it and uh, we'll get we'll get comfortable with it. And then uh, we'll take our minds elsewhere and get ready to kick this thing off. Couldn't be more excited for sure. You have anything else? Last question. North Dakota State had this massive intimidation factor for 10 plus years. Uh-huh. One of their biggest advantages. You guys did buy into that. Yeah. Do you feel that at all, South Dakota State? And if not, I mean, of course you guys don't. So how does that cater to your guys' ability to have success? I mean, I would just say it motivates the group, you know. For sure. Um, we had pictures in the locker room and of just uh, North Dakota State and all their trophies. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, they had all seniors on the O-line. And, you know, they're, they're an intimidating group. But, uh, you know, we don't buy into that. We're, uh, we practice in chaos every day. And we practice uh, in fall camp harder than most teams in the country do. And uh, knowing that we do that, um, you know, there's no way that I'm going to back down to anyone when I got my guys next to me around me for sure. So, you know, South Dakota, South Dakota State is going to be no different in that regard. Real last question. Because Coach Alec talked about this today too. Um, my dad was a, a martial arts expert and fought professionally for like 10 years. He used to always say that the only way you can learn how to get hit is to get hit. Mm-hmm. Coach Alex said today he thought you guys had less injuries this year because you went full contact more. Yeah. Is that a real – he's like, there's no science behind it, but I feel like that's real. Is that real? Yeah, no, we, we haven't had a non-padded practice week all, right. all <laughs> I mean, every all time season. I've gone to practice, you guys have been hitting. Yeah, no, it, it's worked. Um, and there's just so many little things that uh, you got to do day in and day out from using your hands to taking angles on the ball. And I think that's translated. And it's always – it's never easy to go out and practice when you're sore in pads. But I think it's just a testament to the culture we have here and the work ethic and the guys, you know, wanting to win. But we're, we are winning, so – 
you know, when you're winning and you're keep you're playing, I mean, it's hard to say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to practice in pads. There's there's a lot of guys who would uh, do anything to be practicing right that's now, right. full pads, half pads, anything, you name it. So, um, yeah, no, that's a that's a true fact. And my junior, sophomore, freshman year, we weren't we weren't in pads like the whole part of the last season or we'd maybe go one day in pads and the rest of them not pads. So it's definitely been a little bit different this year, um, but it's worked well. Scout on South Dakota State, do you have any idea about them? Yeah, I know you guys just, just started doing install today. Any, any scout on the Jackrabbits? Yeah, we uh, we started preparing for them and, you know, like I said, they're they're a really good team. They got good skill and um, the wide receivers. They got a good running back, good quarterback, good tight end. There, I mean, there's a reason they've won 28 in a row for sure. When you turn on the film, um, but you know, we're just gonna focus on ourselves a little bit and you know get ready to go. And we're gonna get our plan and um, we'll be uh, we'll be ready to go. Our road to Frisco and all the fun coverage we have about Grizz football leading up to their national championship matchup against South Dakota State. It's probably presented by Ryan and Miller Law. Ryan and Miller Law, more than 30 years of combined experience. Angie Miller has a biology degree, so she is an expert when it comes to medical malpractice cases. And Paul Ryan, he is a well-known name. Missoula's top attorney as voted on by the Missoula public a total of 13 times. And he's also about as big of a Grizz supporter as you can get. He's been going to Grizz games since 1968. And he's going to make his way down to the national championship championship game for the eighth time so he's got a lot of knowledge about montana football he's also an ace criminal defense attorney your go-to guy if you need criminal defense or dui ryan and miller your montana attorneys ryan and miller is a law firm specializing in personal injury and criminal defense paul ryan and angie miller bring more than 30 years of litigation experience and are able to handle cases across the state of montana ryan and miller law focuses in specific areas of law to ensure the firm provides their clients with the best representation their firm proudly handles automobile accidents medical malpractice claims wrongful death claims duis and criminal charges for more information visit ryanmillerlaw.com ryan and miller law your montana attorneys We'll wrap it up there, Coulter. I, I just getting into this, I'm not a media guy <laughs> Even though for, you this, are. for this game. Even I'm not a media are. guy for this game. <laughs> yeah, for this game, that's right. So I, I mean, let's be honest. When I, when I wake us, up. None of us are media guys for this game. I'll never say this on the record, but go Grizz. Come on. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe. Come on. <laughs> you know, one of the things that we pride ourselves about is we follow Montana kids, and we love to see when Montana kids – really succeed whether they wear montana state stuff whether they wear idaho stuff whether 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 they wear montana stuff where you and i both went to college but when it's a hometown kid and you see the kid grow up and and he's swinging the shovel in the sandbox and smoking kids to where he doesn't necessarily put anaconda on the map but he helps to put that his own little star on the map and giving me and so many others some of the best sports moments of their life and then and then he turns into the man yeah, right. that this guy is. It really is special for me. And and you have never once told me, all right, enough Braxton stuff, enough Braxton stuff, because right. you know how special the dude is. That's exactly right. And that's like my brother and I talked about on our podcast last week too, this podcast. There's a, there's a wanting to be a Grizz your whole life, but then there's also an understanding of what it means to do it and embracing the responsibility of it. Mm-hmm. and knowing that it's about something bigger than yourself. And that's what you guys have done. And that's why I'm so sure. proud of you guys, man. And that's like, there's all these different factors with that the pundits and the people and the analysts want to point to as the turning point of the season. But mm-hmm. it's the pride of you guys. It's the heart that you have. But also that the understanding that you know that's something about something bigger than yourself. And that's, 
when when Coach Houck even breaks and says, Montana Grizzly football brings so much joy to the people across the state of Montana, then you know that it's real because it's yeah. true. And then you guys have helped do that. So good job, man. And yeah. we're really proud of you. Appreciate it, man. You're you're spot on with all that. It just it means so much to me. It means so much to the guys and this team and the culture Coach Alex built. And you know, it's why we it's why we're uh, going to Texas to play for a national championship. Let's go from the Copperheads to to Montana Grizz, and who knows, maybe to the NFL. We'll get into that in another podcast. Hey. Let's see if uh, if that's on the horizon for Braxton. So Braxton, thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything you do uh, for our kids for Missoula kids, for Montana kids. And here I go. I'm a whiner. I'm such a whiner. It's because you're in the military. It's so, it's because <laughs> I'm in the Navy. That's right. If I was a Marine, I wouldn't get into this. But thanks again, buddy. And thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to redo this because I'm such an idiot. Yeah, absolutely, Blake. I appreciate everything you've done for me. And, you know, the community of Anaconda and following me college it's it's been special and uh we've shared some special moments and you know it's it's not it's not done yet so appreciate you too Coulter thank you guys all right that'll do it Coulter Nuanez Blake Hempstead Braxton Hill SkylineSportsMT.com thank you so much for listening Coulter you're the man thanks for being here bye-bye introducing smart biz the ultimate wi-fi solution for Missoula's small businesses from Blackfoot Communications with out-of-the-box dedicated networks, top-tier security, and network failover, you'll stay seamlessly connected. Just $20 a month, no contracts. Sign up at blackfootsmallbusiness.com slash better Wi-Fi and connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. If life has become overwhelming, crazy, and hectic, then now is the perfect time to try the healing powers of CBD. Greenhouse Pharmacy has a full CBD apothecary with the largest selection of whole plant, full spectrum CBD products in the state of Montana. Choose from high quality brands and products like tinctures, balms, coffees, and tea, edibles, and so much more. Plus, Greenhouse Pharmacy offers exclusive products such as relaxing bath bombs, soaking salts, pain patches, and lotions. Visit Greenhouse Pharmacy on 3rd Street across from the Good Food Store.